Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in a cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Welcome back to Bat Therapy. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, So, Amelia you helped me discover something at the end of the last episode. Mm. Uh, this this was actually a tale of three orphans. Yes, the Batman movie. We said it was a tale of two orphans, and we completely ignored a third orphan. Yes, because Selena Cow was definitely a heavy, like, standout mm-hmm. character in the movie, but we, we didn't really get a chance to talk about her. That being said, I... I feel like when it comes to Batman and Gotham in gen- well Gotham in general there's never a shortage of of uh orphans yeah in the, the Gotham universe. I mean the supervillains definitely help meet those quotas. I feel like it's yeah a constant yeah. influx which is why like, later on of course like the Wayne Foundation helps take care of orphans and all of that in the in the comic books but we haven't gotten that Bruce Wayne yet in the Batman yeah, movie. Yeah. What did what uh what did you think of of Selena Cow? What were what were your t- first takeaways? I have to say I I appreciated what was being suggested about her character. Like you could kind of get this vibe about her, but I feel like I almost had to rely on my comic book knowledge to like fully appreciate her character. I felt like you were you kind of were kept guessing a little bit on some of the details about her in the movie and I and I mean it's a freaking long movie there's only so many details you can include. I liked how they built the relationship between the cat and the bat and how yes. they they used her to really test his whole vengeance thing. Right. Like he was he I feel like he was definitely being broken down by her throughout like uh you know what maybe maybe vengeance can hold off well, if we maybe get coffee together or something i don't know like yeah like, little uh, smooch skis on the roof over here yeah but you know what was what i found super intriguing though and i did not notice it the first time i watched it and i might have only noticed it the second time because i was taking notes like a i was taking notes like a like super duper nerd for her podcast <laughs> Right. But she actually tries to get him to be really vengeful, and then he turns her down, and it happens, I, I think, twice, definitely once. Like, there's one time where she's literally trying to drop someone off a roof, and he's like, right. whoa, whoa. And she's like, be vengeance. And, he, he's, and like, he's like, yeah, I'm no. vengeance, but I'm, <laughs> I'm more PG-13 vengeance. I yeah, don't... Yeah. I'm not going to kill. I'm not Frank Castle. Like, come on. I, <laughs> can we just break his legs, maybe? How about let's break his legs? and Yeah, let, let's drop him off this building. 
Yeah, she, I actually, I'm liking her more as I think about this. She forces truths with him and you can't ever really guess which direction it's coming from. Because yeah, on the one hand, she's trying to like, like, why aren't we just, you know, killing this person that does this thing and he's like and then batman is forced to say okay let's not turn into them let's let's not essentially let's not ruin our lives in the process of going into vengeance which is interesting for batman to be saying that's a yeah that's a really good that's a really good point and she points out that she she points out gaps too where his privilege comes into play. I don't remember what it is that he says, but remember when she's she she essentially calls him out as like, yeah, okay, now we know who's got the silver spoon. <laughs> right. She's like, you you grew up rich, whoever you are under that mask, you're not broke. Yeah. Like you. So she she's an orphan more comparable with the Riddler, or at least in this storyline, the Riddler's orphan story. So I'm glad you brought that up. Because, like, we see the extreme, extreme personalities in uh, this movie. Because, of course, we have Batman and we have Riddler. But Mm -hmm. her and Gordon, I think, help bring the movie back down to Earth. Because they're, Mm. I feel like both of them are so much more human. Like like I said, if this is the uh, tale of three orphans now... We saw how Riddler handled it. We saw how Batman handled it. And somehow, I think if we're looking at those two, I feel like Selena found more of a sweet spot. It's certainly not perfect. Yeah, I would say that she's, yeah, she's found a healthier way to to cope with things. Okay, I mean, yes, we we were earlier saying that she's like, kill this dude. But I mean, there... There was a certain set of circumstances going on with that um, that that I think most people can can understand. Yeah, I I agree with you. I actually in in watching it because you were you were mentioning Gordon too. You're so right. They're like the quote unquote normal people, and I don't use normal very often because what's normal? But right. in this world, I, th- I think we can easily pick those people out. And I actually remember at one point being like, "Wow, how did Gordon end up?" building this loyalty with Batman. And then you see Catwoman, Selena Kyle building that same loyalty. You can see like the similar kind of bond forming over there. And it is intriguing because it's like, okay. So, so I mean, last time we were talking about how Batman is, is withdrawn and, and, and doesn't really have those connections to humanity. And, and these are the characters the more quote normal characters, they're the ones that that draw him out and help him actually create a better version of Batman. Right. I'm not gonna lie. Like as far as the Batman movies with like more serious tones, like this Batman probably in costume, he talked with people a lot more. I there was there was more conversation, especially <laughs> it seems like between him and Gordon. I think with with the Nolan movies it was one of those where no one wanted to hear the constant <laughs> like like entire paragraphs at the time. Like, oh man, like no oh my gosh, he's reading Green Eggs and Ham now. This is going to take forever. It's like Misha right? Collins in Supernatural when he's like, "Oh no, now I have to talk like this for like seasons." <laughs> Hello, Dean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so it's so true. But this Batman, like he one, like you said, he says a lot with just his eyes. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like he wasn't the one that's just like 
I'm to be quiet and I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. He's 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 kind of like that as Bruce Wayne, right? When he doesn't have a mask that he can hide behind. Oh, he's so abrasive as Bruce. He's more right? abrasive, I feel like, as Bruce Wayne yeah. than he is as Batman. Well, he's... Unless you're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who was talking to me halfway through watching the movie. I'm guessing she was taking a pee break. <laughs> she has a small bladder. And she was like, I don't understand. Why do you like this Batman? You know, there's something wrong with this guy. Like, he's, he, like, can't even communicate with people. And I'm like, I know. It's so amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny because... Yeah, it's like he he functions better, much better as as Batman, and and these relationships form with the with Batman, um, and then it helps him build his relationships as Bruce Wayne later. But I it was so interesting because I also in all of this was like, man, you've you've actually got you have to be a very open minded person and someone who's who's very good at seeing behind the mask so to speak to build this relationship with him because a lot of people just outright reject Batman and see him as this terrible thing right like it's the entire police department is very anti-Batman and then there's Gordon yeah before we jump before I would jump on Gordon I was also going to say what's interesting about Cat about uh Catwoman Selena in this movie is she has obviously gone through past trauma, but then she also goes through it freshly in this movie, like with the death of her friend that she's after and they're trying to find her and then come to find out she's died and she actually finds the person that is responsible for it. Here's the recording. So it wasn't one of those things where suddenly we have to kill this guy like no it happened like she actually they solved this case and so the wound was very much fresh right like she's listening to the voicemail of her dying while holding the person that did it and and so i think a lot of people in that situation would feel that way like he's hanging from a rope let's just cut it he killed someone and we can't count on the justice system to do it to to hand to handle it right so why don't why don't we handle it i mean the district attorney just his head just got blown up so he can't prosecute him devil's in the details <laughs> well yeah because she grew up in a different part of gotham so all three of these orphans grew up in a different part one was in the deepest darkest gutter yeah right the other was in the tallest castle. So then it just grew up on the street. Right? Yeah, she grew up on the... She just... Like, I say just, but like at the same time... it. I think that makes her story even more interesting. Because despite uh, her circumstances, she grew into a, a pretty well-rounded character. Right? And so we got a chance to see... Oh, yeah, by the way... If you're an orphan, you don't have to be completely unhinged. <laughs> well, so, I, and actually, I think that hits on something really interesting for her. Is is it's true. She, she does not commit herself to one thing 
right? She doesn't have a vow like Batman. And even the Riddler kind of has a, a vow in his own way, right? They have these very targeted things that they will sacrifice a lot for, if not everything for. And she says, screw that. I'm not playing by those rules. I'm going to instead focus on, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to live my life. Right. And, and and she does it very well, because like I said before, the wound was fresh when she was about to drop this guy yes. off the building. and that makes a difference. But when we find out, it does, because when we find out her true, full story, you realize Homegirl has a lot of patience and a lot of self-control, right? Because she's working essentially for the guy that killed her mother happens to be her father and she doesn't say any of it she keeps it she keeps it to herself completely quiet and it's it it's it's funny because you find out she's just biding her time she's like i'm gonna get that money i'm gonna get it because that's mine yeah i get that and i think that's why her and and batman in in pretty much every storyline they're in are so just magnetically drawn toward each other. I mean, there are definitely these these similarities, right, in terms of how calculated she is and how she can adjust herself and have self-restraint in certain ways that, that um, are very difficult to do. But the difference is, is what's the end goal and what they're doing. And she just is constantly trying to... Tell this guy, like, hey, live for yourself a little bit. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because the more time he spends with her, the more time she spends with him, she is breaking him down, and he slowly is just becoming like, you know what? I don't approve of it, but I understand. And it ends up, but but that just goes back to Batman's origin story, because there's so many villains in his Rose Gallery where he says, I don't approve of it, but I understand. Like, uh, Killer Croc, like, you, they treated you really bad. So I understand why you want to kill them. I do, but I don't approve of it. Right? Same thing. Victor Freeze, like, uh, you're just a guy in love. I don't approve of it, but I understand. A- and this early Batman is just, he only sees in two shades, black and white and no shades of gray. Right? And Catwoman has always and forever will be shades of gray. Yes, she is the the shade of gray. You know, I think that's why she's so compelling. Life is not black and white, right? A lot of times, actually, when people have uh, anxiety, depression, or other struggles that they have, a lot of times their brain is desperately trying to force things into black and white. Right. Or making things black and white. And it's just not how life works. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing about Catwoman is is her character is just this huge symbolic representation of life. Because it's messy, it's gray, and gosh darn it, isn't, is, you can have fun with it if you learn how to deal with it. <laughs> right. I mean, and she even says it. She, she even says, what, what's her line? She says... I have a thing about strays. Uh, when when he asked her when he asked her about uh, her all of her cats, but even then it was one of those things where that's not what she was saying, right? It's just she's she's flirty, but the there's also a double meaning, as if to say, 
Bat Batman, me and me and you, we could we could be a we could be a thing. I'm I'm in, I'm I'm interested. And of course, he completely has his guard up, but it's just she seemingly just sees straight through him. Like she just sees it. That's what's so fun about it. He'll be mean and all surly. She's like batting the cat. I dig it. I like it. And she and he'll just he'll just be mean and surly and grumbling, and she'll just still be just quipping and and like riffing on him the whole time. Like and it's it's fun. It's it's so much fun. Their their relationship in the movie was honestly it was perfect. It was a it was a perfect description because even she sees at the end of the movie she's just like you're already spoken for. Like even if we were we we can't be a thing because you and this city are a thing. There are so many things about their two characters that just are almost always a constant. She always has to leave him because once again, he is so targeted on one thing, the the black and white, and she pulls for the gray. Oh yeah, she's all about. But the once gray. again, she's gonna pick herself first. Yes, yes, she is. And I want you there with me, and I I know you're not able to do that. So I'm gonna enjoy you where I can, and then I'm gonna leave you and do something else. Right. She she's you you make a great point. She's definitely honed in on the lookout for number one. I'm gonna figure out who killed my friend. I'm gonna get this money mm-hmm. and. I'm getting out of here, which I'm not going to lie. Her saying she's going to Bloodhaven. I'm like, really? You picked the worst city? Like, Bloodhaven, like, people in Gotham pick at Bloodhaven for how much it sucks. And that's saying something. That was really funny. It's like, okay, so you're getting on him, but you're going over there. What is, what is? Like, gosh, why don't you just go to Dante's Inferno? Like, (laughs) God, like, and, and, but when she, it was funny, because when, when she said that she was going to Bloodhaven, I'm like, well. She'll definitely be back for the sequel. <laughs> She's not going to stay there. So for those of you that are uh, that aren't like deep into the comics, Bloodhaven is like a, a a sister a sister city of Gotham. It's a little bit smaller, uh, and uh, the DC character Nightwing mm-hmm. is normally the one that's uh, in put uh, in charge of that city after uh, after he stops being. Uh, Dick Grayson stops being Robin and becomes Nightwing, and then he moves to Bloodhaven and kind of patrols that city. But Bloodhaven is is definitely known as a uh, a rough place that even Gothamites look down on. And so, <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is pre Nightwing, right? And and so I was laughing because I'm like, wow, I thought this Gotham was dark. Is Bl- Bloodhaven's <laughs> just gonna look like something from like? game of thrones season eight like it's just gonna be pitch black like you don't you don't ever see anything there <laughs> so i think she'll def because of that uh she'll definitely be back but yeah she is she was the perfect shade of gray in this movie she was human and i i feel like i could relate to her and gordon Mm-hmm. more than anyone in yes. this film like the other the, the riddler and batman were great to watch but her and gordon are what really uh really brought brought it home for me because the way they interacted with these extreme characters was was just perfect because i'm not i i think if i had to be a character in 
the bat the the batman i would probably be commissioner gordon just come because in this they one they were so great he, <laughs> i just loved his reactions to everything he was he yeah, he was constantly like, I'm getting too old for this because it's like, my God, a thumb drive? It's a the human thumb. thumb drive was too much in the best like, way possible. Gotta... Right. <laughs> and he's like, you got to be kidding me. He put a bomb around his neck. Like, he's like, like... <laughs> and what's so funny is as shocked as he is, I'm like, he's not even commissioner yet. I know. I kept He's coming back to that in my head. I was He's like, not even... like, like, oh my gosh. Like it's the... going to get so much worse. <laughs> it's going to yeah. get so much worse. I He's know. Like, my and God. <laughs> Putting himself out there, risking it all, and he's not even commissioner. And all of these people are, I guess, I, I love the part when, when Batman, like, wakes up in the precinct, and he's like, I'm going to talk right. to him. We got to right. get like... you out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Like, this guy, like, I don't know if he's stupid or just awesome. I think I, I'm going to side with awesome because he doesn't know just how deep the corruption goes. But he also knows that things aren't really getting done the at the rate that they're going. So he's like, I mean, it can't hurt to trust this this guy in all black running around beating up criminals. I mean, he can do it. I can't, but he can. So, yeah, sure. I mean, think about what it would take to be... Uh, so being being in law enforcement, as we all know, is a very, very complicated thing. There's... There's a, a lot of stuff going on around that these days. But in general, there are a number of people in law enforcement that really care about the community and want people to be safe and want there to be justice, right? And, and make sure that, that, that people are following the rules that just keep everything on the even keel that we need for us all to move forward. Imagine being someone like that. And then you are in an incredibly corrupt place where the justice is not happening and the rules aren't being followed by the people who are supposed to protect everything. I could see getting to that point where you're like, okay, there's got to be, I've got to let things slide and let people be doing, doing it a different way somewhere else because it's not happening. Because from his perspective, all right, district attorney is dirty. The mayor is dirty. The commissioner is dirty those those are the three people above him and so he's in this very much a fraternity type situation yeah where it's like yeah we're doing some stuff that's really really bad and you know what if you're one of us either you're going to participate or you're going to be quiet and not see anything Mm -hmm. and he's like all right so i can't get anything done but he can and and so he begins working with uh with the batman but it was just i just loved watching his reactions mm-hmm. to things i i agree with the the relating to his character because i was like yeah that that's exactly how a human being would respond in this situation <laughs> yes yes that would be me constantly in gotham like if i had to be there i'm like 
put her on a question a question mark shaped rocket and shot her into the moon my god like that like that's the kind of thing that he has to get used to every day yeah. in gotham like wow he put joker gas into mcnugget sauce good lord like that would it would like constant constant to the point like there's how <laughs> how do you maintain sanity like in that position where every single day it's like oh yeah yeah. Uh, Two Face made him choose between being eaten by an alligator or being eaten by a crocodile. Uh, guess we got to go clean it up. It landed on tails, I guess. I don't know, right? Like he, like it's yeah. gonna get so much worse for him. So he's he needs to go ahead and get used to it. Cause it's like my God, a thumb, an actual thumb. I'm like, man, <laughs> you have you Straight you have not seven up in here. <laughs> Morgan Freeman walks by in the background, just like gives right. him a nod. <laughs> like, wait till you see the rest of the body. Like, yeah, it's it gets yeah, it's gonna get so much, so much worse, so much worse for him. Yeah, and I I think that's the thing though is that that Gordon, despite where he is, has a really good barometer for goodness and caring and just those those fundamental things about a person that can bring about positive change and and the reason you know this is he sides with batman even though there's all this information to suggest that like it's going to be a total shit show right he's he he can see he can see batman to the point like he's able to build trust with this guy he's able to see underneath all of the very violent things going on to see who Batman is underneath all of it. And I think that, I don't know. I, I really found that interesting because he is the, like one of the most stable characters in the movie and he deeply connects with a seemingly very unstable character in the movie. Oh yeah. Constantly because yeah, like him and, him and Catwoman are like interacting with like really unhinged, unhinged people. Like they both had to stop him, like stop Bruce from killing that one guy after he oh, injected yeah. himself. Yeah. They're like, whoa, whoa, uh, need to kind of chill, dude. Like that. I mean, I'm on your team. Like we got that signal and everything. Uh, but like, if if you keep punching him, I might have to like take the signal away and i don't really want to but i will well that's the thing too right so (laughs) so it's been two years he has a signal for him and literally anytime he invites batman in everyone around him is like why in the world did you bring this dude in here but at the same time none of them can do anything about it like oh you're gonna take you're gonna take my signal away tell him (laughs) go ahead i dare you and and Gosh, it's just great because every time we see a Batman story done from the beginning, you always see Gordon and he's not commissioner yet. And he moves up through the ranks very quickly because everybody at the top just gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like up oh, mayor gone, district attorney gone, commissioner gone. Yeah. All these positions that we know eventually we'd be filled by the characters we know in the comments. I'm like, oh, wow. District attorney is dead. I wonder who could replace him. Right. Like you like we we know 
we know. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw that district attorney, I'm like, he's dead meat. He's so <laughs> dead. He's so dead because Riddler's going <laughs> to kill you for plot progression. <laughs> you did. Sergeant, Sergeant, maybe I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even. I'm, yeah, Gordon, Jim. <laughs> right. It's just such an odd pairing. Like that's what's so striking to me. It's such an odd pairing for this even keel. Um, he's not. He's not a detective. What? What is he at this point? Inspector or I forget what he, sergeant or. So Gordon, <laughs> he's not commissioner, that's all I remember. So, you know, you've got Gordon, who's this very even keel person, just trying to make things run and work for the average everyday person in Gotham. And 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 then you've got, like, you've got Batman, who's not even well restrained for what he tends to be later on, right? He's, like, all over the place. It's a, it, Yeah, you wonder, like, what, what built up to this Gordon? Because, yeah, you wonder what he's lived through before this that leads him to be like, yeah, that's going to be my best bud right over there in the bat ears. Carmine, Carmine Falcone, he was such an, a brooding dark character and i love the backstory with uh falcone and how uh bruce wayne saved thomas wayne saved him yeah because of the hippocratic oath well and they it wasn't the exact story but they it reminded me of what is it tell telltale stories did you ever do that video game oh yeah 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 Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Telltale the Batman yeah. game. Yes. So it, it kept reminding me of that where Thomas Wayne, he actually ends, I remember when when my husband first played this video game, I got so mad because I was like, they changed the story. What is happening here? And now, of course, I'm so used to all the different stories. Uh, but yeah, so Thomas Wayne was essentially part of the criminal underground and uh, you know, with Carmine Falcone and all of them. And so it, it was kind of reminiscent of that without taking the full plunge, of course, which I think is is nice because it doesn't completely, you know, change his parents' backstory, but still makes gives it gray, right? So getting yes. that. So this. I was just about, yes, I was just about to touch on that again, like more shades of gray. More shades of gray. And and one thing I'll say that felt might, maybe a little bit rushed to me is I, I think that um, Bruce would Bruce Wayne would have struggled a bit more in terms of getting to the point where he was okay with the storyline as he was kind of learning about what happened with his parents because he was so black and white. And he had people helping him to kind of get more into this gray area I think it would have taken him a little bit more but it's a great example of of why the black and white is so dangerous the all or nothing right so I mean his parents died when he was super young they had a really caring connected relationship um and so he never had a chance to see to see them as people, right? right. So th- when we see our parents as, as kids, especially if it's 
a more caring, loving, stable relationship, uh, yeah. a lot of times we might see them as inhumanly perfect in some ways, right? And then like you go into your teenage years and you're like, oh my God, you know, then you see them as kind of the other side of things and you, and you want to get away from your parents. And then you become an adult and you get to see your parents as other adults right. like you, right? right? And so you see all of them. He didn't get that no. chance. He never was able to develop his his understanding and realization of his parents. And being such a black and white thinker, th- this is where difficulties lie. Because if you think someone is really good and then you find out something like this, that can rip your world apart. Yes. And that's what made the movie. That's what made the movie going from black and white and be, realizing that he's in a world full of gray. Because before before this, he was just beating up bad guys and just going to find the next group of bad guys to beat up. Yep. And and he knew it wasn't working. Right. Like he literally <laughs> says, this isn't working. The numbers are getting worse. Yeah, he recognized it. But I'm going to keep doing it because uh, what else yeah. am I going to do? It's yeah. like, man. <laughs> I really beat up that drug dealer, but, uh, wow, the mayor's really bad too, isn't he? Like, <laughs> and so, like, yeah, and it's just like you touched on in uh, one of the other episodes, how Riddler very much was like, oh, we're on the same team. Uh-huh. You're beating up bad guys. I'm, be- I'm, I'm blowing taking, up bad I'm guys. Taking, I'm blowing up bad guys. <laughs> like, we're, we're buddies, right? <laughs> Besties. Orphan powers activate, right? They're like he's just living, <laughs> living it up, and but in between we have all these different shades of gray. Penguin, he's like criminal in the un- criminal underworld, definitely kills people. But you know what? He's no snitch, right? Yeah, he's got a set of rules he's gonna stick to. Carmine Falcone, he's like, you know what? I uh, this this doctor guy saved my life. I'm gonna give him a favor. It's only fair and goes way overboard with it. But he's like, yeah, I'm definitely thankful for Thomas Wayne saving my life. And then you have, like we talked about, Gordon and Selena in in their particular shades of gray. And so you have the supervillains, you have the superheroes, and then you have yeah. everything else. In yeah, between. and I and you know I think that is one of the nice things that that you see with Batman. I mean, I, I, we might have mentioned this in the last one, but like, I mean, he's literally out in the daytime at the end of this movie, which was super trippy, right? Yeah. Like that's how much he's like, okay, I'm throwing out the script. I'm throwing out the script of what Batman yeah. is. I'm showing up in the freaking daylight, and I'm gonna do my thing. Who knows how the bat signal works in the daytime, but whatever, you know, I don't know. You throw a shadow up in the sky. I don't know. How that <laughs> they, sh- they, they aim it in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. uh, smoke signal. Shines, it's on the, yeah, it's on yeah, the ground, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. Like they shine it downward. But yeah, he, he throws <laughs> the script out and, and, and flexibility, being able to, to have flexibility in your thinking is just so important because otherwise you literally do what he did at the beginning of the movie. If you're not able to have flexibility, then even though what you're doing might not be working or working perfectly, you're going to keep doing it because you, you, you can't kind of move yourself in a different direction. I, I don't think this is working and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, 
okay. And then, and then Catwoman comes in and says, really? Sure. And, and he's able to, you know, get some more flexibility as time goes on. And it's cool because it's, even though this is a year two story, he hasn't fully set up his mission statement yet. Mm. Right? Like he hasn't he hasn't fully put it together and realized I, I need to hit both sides of this. Like I need to be out there in the light helping people just as much as beating criminals up in the underworld and doing what essentially the Gotham police can't and won't. Yeah do this is also man i really need to make sure people aren't embezzling my money that's meant to help the city that uh that was that was bad and so when you see him in the light at the end of the movie i was like that's right you better be helping those people dude because wow just wow (laughs) well and that's part of the problem too right is is he had blinders on right so so we were talking about yes how targeted him and the Riddler are. And and ironically, the Riddler points out yeah. the fallacy in, in Batman without necessarily looking too closely at himself. We 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 more easily see <laughs> problems in others than ourselves, right? And the most irritating ones we see in other people are the ones that we share. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he's pointing out these these big flaws and and the blinders uh for Batman, even though he he's not aware it, that he's talking to Bruce Wayne. But Yeah. But yeah, I mean, being so hyper focused and this is the route I'm gonna take, he's completely ignoring all this other stuff going on that's actually really relevant to what he's trying to do. Yeah. And so what I'm really excited about is yet one, so this movie has been greenlit for a sequel and the movie ended with Gotham underwater. Yeah. Like Gotham was flooded. They showed inside caf like cafes. They showed like penguin just like, huh, what do I do now? Because his boss was killed and was the snitch mm-hmm. the entire time. And so there's about to be a power grab in Gotham oh, yeah. full of characters with shades yes. of gray. You know what I want to happen. Venom. Oh, Spider. So we're talking Spider-Man no. now? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't I'm you kidding. dare. I'm kidding. <laughs> so what I want to see happen is I want to see Batman continue to struggle with thinking flexibly, with being able to step out of the focused attention that he has. Because it 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 would not be like him to just poof, be fixed. And now he's you know, all about the gray and able to live life and right. Like he's still gonna have to work on those things. And it, and people don't agree on what it was, but when he's down and out and he's not able to help and Catwoman's in danger, he isn't able to get up. He takes out a syringe that's got like bright green stuff that some people are claiming is adrenaline. Adrenaline is not neon green (laughs) y'all. That's true. And he, and he sticks himself with it. And all of a sudden he does seem like he has adrenaline and he goes and he gets a little bit, you know, too intense. He yeah. He was wailing on that guy. Like it was, it was, it was bad. And yeah, I, it was one of the things I noticed. I'm like, wait a minute, that's green. What else is green? in this universe my hope is that because all of this stuff is going on and yes he's grown and he's still himself and he still has these things he's working through 
And there's so much going on that he's going to desperately want to help with. He's going to be burning the light literally at both ends because now he's even up in the daytime. And it sounds like he might be building at Bruce Wayne, right? Trying to fix that side. So he's going to be trying to do all this stuff. And so there's a storyline where essentially um, he's not able to save a child and um, he ends up essentially doing drug enhancement to try and help more and more people. And and there's a whole like substance use kind of issue that that he deals with. And I would love to see something along those lines that it seemed like they might be hinting at, but I'm not sure. Because, I mean, he has growth and and – um, you know, definitely want to celebrate that, but you know, he's also himself. So he's always going to have to fight some of that focused black and white right. that gets him into yeah, trouble. And the more people that he comes into contact with, the, the, the better he'll be for it. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they'll have Dick Grayson in the next one? <sighs> oh, you don't want them to. So it would, it would just be. It'd be interesting. I want to see how much time they say has passed between the the between the first two. Because if he's been Batman for two years, and then he's like, "I'm gonna adopt a kid," I'm like, Ugh. "That's a fair point." You need you need some you need a little bit more experience first. I think like sure. I don't like I don't I don't know. It, it could be. I don't know if he had enough experience. He might be like, "That's not a good idea." It me. could be. <laughs> it, it could be interesting because the only Robins that we've had in movies have already been in their thirties. <laughs> like, like Chris. I'm not sure how old Chris O'Donnell was when when he became Robin, but I was like, "That is not a boy wonder." Like, I'm pretty sure he. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he just shaved. Like, <laughs> like Chris O'Donnell was so old, and then. We're not going to talk about that whole Nolan thing with like, oh, you should use your full name, Rob. Oh, oh God. I, fr- I blocked that out. Thank you very much for ruining the rest of my night, Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. It. You know what? At some point, we're going to have to do episodes where we just take a realistic view, uh, uh, look at the, the Nolan movies because I have words um but <laughs> it's matt reeves turn in the limelight right now and he has more than earned it uh because i i have to say though i know people who did not enjoy the batman yeah and and they did enjoy the chris Nolan movies and so here's one thing i'll say is that this movie felt like it was made for people who really like the comics and and being able to delve into those character developments and things like that, where not everyone is going into these movies necessarily wanting that. Right. It had so much like noir. Like yes. it just, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just very, very different. And, and it had the detective element in it and like Batman narrating at the beginning. Like it was just, yeah, I, I really, it felt like a comic book come to life i never really got that vibe Mm -mm. with the nolan movies i never really got it It, they were they were good they were good movies um but i never they never felt like a comic book movie to to me i would agree with that so shall we go into our mindful nerd moment i'm gonna get comfy all righty 
so um, I didn't know all of what, you know, we might end up talking about today, but I knew that Catwoman was definitely going to be one of them. So I thought we'd do some mindful listening to cat purrs. <laughs> you know, I I still have your uh, the the T-shirt that I got from a bachelorette party, the Beer Me Right Meow. <laughs> Beer Me Right Meow, yeah, yeah. Yep. I still I still still have that. <laughs> I still have my I'm getting meowed shirt too. Nice. We we are very very cool people. Oh, so cool. <laughs> so, um what we're going to do is yeah, we're just going to you know, imagine that we're Catwoman. We've just come back from a night on the prowl. Um, you know, she she comes into her place, you know, lying down on the couch maybe, just taking a little bit of a a rest. Um, there's a cat nearby maybe on the armrest behind you and that that cat is purring right so this is kind of the the setting of the the scene here so we're gonna we're gonna join Catwoman in imagining or I don't know maybe some of you have a cat nearby that is purring um but imagining the sound and just really taking a focused moment to to listen so as always, uh, I would encourage you to find a comfortable position. Um, so sometimes that comfortable position might be, for some people, might be lying down. It could be sitting upright. But in general, just trying to make sure that your body feels, feels balanced, right? You're, you're not kind of unevenly sitting or lying. So you're lying flat or you're sitting fairly straight but not stiff. Um, with your arms, just having them lying restly, uh, uh, resting lightly at your sides or in your lap. And allow your eyes to either close or just fix them on a point in front of you, not really focused on anything. And let's just take a couple gentle breaths in and out, noticing the sensation of your own breath. Not worrying about changing anything, just noticing what it feels like to inhale and to exhale. And as you're doing so, just let your imagination wander to that scene I mentioned of Catwoman. You can either imagine you are Catwoman or you're lying there with her. And you're lying on that couch and you start to bring your awareness to the sound of a cat purring next to you. Allow the sound to come to you as if it's the only sound or sensation in the room. And take an attitude of curiosity. See as you're imagining that purr, if you can listen in a deeper way to the sounds than you ever have before. Notice the patterns and rhythm of the sounds. Notice the rise and the falls of the sound. Notice how the sounds may change or where there may be absences of sound. Become aware of how you are responding to the sound of the cat purring. Your thoughts, your feelings, and the sensations in your body try to recognize that these responses that you're having, they're not good, they're not bad, they just are. 
And take the opportunity to appreciate how your body is focusing your awareness on this sound. So in a few moments, we're going to wrap up this exercise. But first, take in a few deep breaths. Breathing in the calming energy of the cat and breathing out any stress or tension that you feel in your mind and body. And when you're ready, congratulate yourself for completing the exercise and come back into the room. How was your time with Catwoman? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I gotta do a cat. I gotta. (laughs) It was nice. It was nice. I always, I'm not going to lie, like in the beginning, mm-hmm. I, like not in just the beginning of this one, but overall in the beginning, I was just like, eh, this isn't, I don't know if this is really my thing, but every single mm-hmm. time I do it, I always come away glad that I did, no matter what kind of day I'm having whenever we shoot, mm-hmm. like whenever we get to this part, I'm just like, oh, here we go. All right. It'll probably be something you need, and it's always something I need. Nice. Yeah, you know, uh, that that's kind of one of the, the biggest issues sometimes when it comes to, like, mental health and well-being is it, it feels like you got, you're got okay, I got to go do a thing. And it's like, huh? Sometimes it's just like, okay, how do I make this just like a fun thing I do or just kind of a, a set-aside moment of appreciation, whatever that looks like. I mean, it could be in the middle of playing a video game, reading a comic book, um, I don't know, taking a walk. It can be anything. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can be tough to for anybody, even someone who's really well-practiced with mindfulness, to like get into the groove at first. Sometimes yeah. it just takes like, all right, I'm going to do it and see what happens. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think that definitely ha- kept uh, Catwoman grounded in this universe. I know. That's probably part of why she is such a balanced character, right? Mindfulness with cats. That's the key. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at TeamJVS.com or on YouTube at TeamJVS. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same Bat time same bat channel.